0: letter seventy two of pamela volume two this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. dot pamela volume two by samuel richardson letter seventy two my dear lady i will now pursue my last affecting subject for the visit is over but a sad situation I am in with Mr. B. for all that. But bad as it is, I'll try to forget it till I come to it in course. At four in the afternoon Mr. B. came in to receive his guests, whom he expected at five. He came up to me, I had just closed my last letter, but put it up, and set before me your ladyship's play subjects. So, Pamela, how do you do now?' your ladyship may guess by what i wrote before that i could not give any extraordinary account of myself as well as well sir as possible half out of breath you give yourself strange melancholy airs of late my dear all that cheerfulness which used to delight me whenever i saw you i am sorry for it is quite vanished you and i must shortly have a little serious talk together when you please sir i believe it is only being used to this smoky thick air of london i shall be better when you carry me into the country i dare say i shall but i never was in london so long before you know sir all in good time pamela but is this the best appearance you choose to make to receive such guests if it displeases you sir i will dress otherwise in a minute you look well in anything but i thought you'd have been better dressed yet it would never have less become you for of late your eyes have lost that brilliancy that used to strike me with a lustre much surpassing that of the finest diamonds i am sorry for it sir but as i never could pride myself in deserving such a kind of compliment i should be too happy forgive me my dearest mr b if the failure be not rather in your eyes than in mine he looked at me steadfastly i fear pamela but don't be a fool you are angry with me sir no not i would you have me dress better no not i if your eyes looked a little more brilliant you want no addition down he went strange short speeches these my lady to what you have heard from his dear mouth yet they shall not rob me of the merit of a patient sufferer i am resolved thought i now my lady as i doubted not my rival would come adorned with every outward ornament i put on only a white damask gown having no desire to vie with her in appearance for a virtuous and honest heart is my glory i bless god i wish the countess had the same to boast of about five their ladyships came in the countess's new chariot for she has not been long out of her transitory mourning and dressed as rich as jewels and a profusion of expense could make her i saw them from the window alight oh how my heart throbbed lie still said i busy thing why all this emotion those shining ornaments cover not such a guileless flatterer as thou why then all this emotion polly barlow came up instantly from mr b i hastened down tremble 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 went my feet in spite of all the resolution i had been endeavouring so long to collect together mr b presented the countess to me both of us covered with blushes but from very different motives as i imagine the countess of blank, my dear she saluted me and looked as i thought half with envy half with shame but one is apt to form people's countenances by what one judges of their hearts oh too lovely too charming rival thought i would to heaven i saw less attraction in you for indeed she is a charming lady yet she could not help calling me mrs b that was some pride to me every little distinction is a pride to me now and said she hoped i would excuse the liberty she had taken but the character given of me by mr b made her desirous of paying her respects to me oh these villainous masquerades thought i you would never have wanted to see me but for them poor naughty nun that was mr b presented also the viscountess to me i saluted her ladyship her sister saluted me she is a graceful lady better as i hope in heart but not equal in person to her sister you have a charming boy i am told madam but no wonder from such a pair oh dear heart thought i in't it so your ladyship may guess what i thought farther will your ladyship see him now said mr b he did not look down no not a bit though the countess played with her fan and looked at him and at me and then down by turns a little consciously while I wrapped up myself in my innocence, my first flutters being over, and thought I was superior by reason of that, even to a countess. With all her heart, she said. I rang, Polly, bid nurse bring my billy down. My, said I, with an emphasis. I met the nurse at the stairs-foot, and brought in my dear baby in my arms. Such a child and such a mamma," said the Viscountess will you give master to my arms one moment madam said the countess yes thought i much rather than my dear naughty gentleman should any other i yielded it to her i thought she would have stifled it with her warm kisses sweet boy charming creature and pressed it to her too lovely bosom with such emotion looking on the child and on mr b that i liked it not by any means go you naughty lady thought i but i durst not say so and go naughty man too thought i for you seem to look too much gratified in your pride by her fondness for your boy i wish i did not love you so well as i do but neither your ladyship may believe did i say this mr b looked at me but with a bravery i thought too like what i had been witness to in some former scenes in as bad a cause but thought i god delivered me then i will confide in him he will now i doubt not restore thy heart to my prayers untainted i hope for thy own dear sake as well as mine the viscountess took the child from her sister and kissed him with great pleasure she is a married lady would to god the countess was so too for mr b never corresponded as i told your ladyship once with married ladies so i was not afraid of her love to my billy but let me said she have the pleasure of restoring master to his charming mamma i thought added she i never saw a lovelier sight in my life than when in his mamma's arms why i can't say said the countess but master and his mamma do credit to one another dear madam let us have the pleasure of seeing him still on your lap while he is so good i wondered the dear baby was so quiet though indeed he is generally so but he might surely if but by sympathy have complained for his poor mamma though she durst not for herself how apt one is to engage everything in one's distress when it is deep and one wonders too that things animate and inanimate look with the same face when we are greatly moved by any extraordinary and interesting event i sat down with my baby on my lap looking i believe with a righteous boldness i will call it so for well says the text the righteous is as bold as a lion now on my billy now on his papa and now on the countess with such a triumph in my heart for i saw her blush and look down and the dear gentleman seemed to eye me with a kind of conscious tenderness as i thought a silence of five minutes i believe succeeded we all four looking upon one another and the little dear was awake and stared full upon me with such innocent smiles as if he promised to love me and make me amends for all i kissed him and took his pretty little hand in mine you are very good my charmer in this company said i i remembered a scene which made greatly for me in the papers you have seen when instead of recriminating as i might have done before mr longman for harsh usage for oh my lady your dear brother has a hard heart indeed when he pleases i only prayed for him on my knees and i hope i was not now too mean for i had dignity and a proud superiority in my vain heart over them all then it was not my part to be upon defiances where i loved and where i hoped to reclaim besides what had i done by that but justified seemingly by after acts in a passionate resentment to their minds at least their too wicked treatment of me moreover your ladyship will remember that mr b knew not that i was acquainted with his intrigue for i must call it so if he had he is too noble to insult me by such a visit and he had told me i should see the lady he was at oxford with and this breaking silence he mentioned saying i gave you hope my dear that i should procure you the honour of a visit from a lady who put herself under my care at oxford i bowed my head to the countess but my tears being ready to start i kissed my billy dearest baby said i you are not going to cry are you i would have had him just then to cry instead of me the tea equipage was brought in polly carry the child to nurse i gave it another kiss and the countess desired another i grudged it to think her naughty lips should so closely follow mine her sister kissed it also and carried him to mr b take him away said he i owe him my blessing oh these young gentlemen papas said the countess they are like young unbroken horses just put into the traces are they so thought i matrimony must not expect your good word i doubt mr b after tea, at which i was far from being a talkative for i could not tell what to say though i tried as much as i could not to appear sullen desired the countess to play one tune upon the harpsichord she did and sung at his request an italian song to it very prettily too prettily i thought i wanted to find some faults some great faults in her but oh, madam she has too many outward excellencies pity she wants a good heart he could ask nothing that she was not ready to oblige him indeed he could not she desired me to touch the keys i would have been excused but could not and the ladies commended my performance but neither my heart to play nor my fingers in playing deserved their praises Mr. B. said, indeed, you play better sometimes, my dear. Do I, sir? was all the answer I made. The countess hoped, she said, I would return her visit, and so said the Viscountess. I replied, Mr. B. would command me whenever he pleased. She said she hoped to be better acquainted. I hope not, thought I, and that I would give her my company for a week or so upon the forest. It seems she has a seat upon Windsor Forest mr b says added she you can't ride a single horse but we'll teach you there tis a sweet place for that purpose how came mr b thought i to tell you that madam i suppose you know more of me than i do myself indeed my lady this may be too true for she may know what is to become of me i told her i was very much obliged to her ladyship and that mr b directed all my motions what say you sir said the countess i can't promise that madam for mrs b wants to go down to kent before we go to Bedfordshire, and i am afraid i can't give her my company thither then sir i shan't choose to go without you i suppose not my dear but if you are disposed to oblige the countess for a week as you never were at windsor i believe sir interrupted i what with my little nursery and one thing or another i must deny myself that honour for this season well madam then i'll expect you in pell-mell i bowed my head and said mr b would command me they took leave with a politeness natural to them mr b as he handed them to the chariot said something in italian to the countess the word pamela was in what he said she answered him with a downcast look in the same language half pleased half serious and the chariot drove away i would give said i a good deal sir to know what her ladyship said to you she looked with so particular a meaning if i may say so i'll tell you truly pamela i said to her well now your ladyship has seen my pamela is she not the charmingest girl in the world she answered mrs b is very grave for so young a lady but i must needs say she is a lovely creature and did you say so sir and did her ladyship so answer and my heart was ready to leap out of my bosom for joy but my folly spoiled all again for to my own surprise and great regret i burst out into tears though i even sobbed to have suppressed them but could not and so i lost a fine opportunity to have talked to him while he was so kind for he was more angry with me than ever what made me such a fool i wonder but i had so long struggled with myself and not expecting so kind a question from the dear gentleman or such a favourable answer from the countess i had no longer any command of myself what ails the little fool said he with a wrathful countenance this made me worse and he added take care take care pamela you will drive me from you in spite of my own heart so he went into the best parlour and put on his sword and took his hat I followed him, sir, sir, with my arms expanded, was all I could say, but he avoided me, putting on his hat with an air, and out he went, bidding Abraham follow him this is the dilemma into which as i hinted at the beginning of this letter i have brought myself with mr b how strong how prevalent is the passion of jealousy and thus it will show itself uppermost when it is uppermost in spite of one's most watchful regards my mind is so perplexed that i must lay down my pen and indeed your ladyship will wonder all things considered that i could write the above account as i have done in this cruel suspense and with such apprehensions but writing is all the diversion i have when my mind is oppressed past ten o'clock at night i have only time to tell your ladyship for the postman waits that mr b is just come in he has gone into his closet and has shut the door and taken the key on the inside so i dare not go to him there in this uncertainty and suspense pity and pray for your ladyship's afflicted sister and servant p b End of letter seventy-two.